We take a single episode of a science fiction TV series and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. This is the Fusion Patrol Podcast. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to a special sidecar episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm Ben. Recently, Ben and I sat down to talk about the first two episodes of the new Star Trek series, Star Trek Discovery. And it didn't take long for our conversation to get derailed by the controversial decision by CBS to make Star Trek Discovery a streaming-only TV series held behind their newish, probably floundering streaming service ambitions. Let's just shoot the elephant in the room right now. CBS All Access. Boo! <laughs> I will admit, I really dislike that. And, and, and I think... I, go yeah, ahead. I, I'm... Yes, I'm I'm with you. Um I really dislike it. I understand the move entirely. I you know, Netflix came in like gangbusters and streaming with their streaming service and was making money hand over fist and all of these content providers who were, had been leasing this up to them for the purposes of, you know, heck, we're, we're not getting anything out of it, so we should do it and realizing that Netflix was really stomping them in the shorts. I can understand why everybody who has a back catalog is interested in pulling it out of Netflix and starting their own. Will that destroy the streaming market? I'm not sure. Cause there's no way in hell I'm going to be subscribing to, you know, I'm already on sort of three and a half. I've got, uh, Netflix and Hulu mm-hmm. still, and I've got BritBox, and which you know pulled all of the Doctor Who mm-hmm. out, and now currently I have CB all, CBS All Access. Did you say? Uh, did you actually? Did you actually subscribe? Or are you I on the trial? Subscribed. See, I didn't. I, I know. I now know. I'll tell you what I did, and <laughs> I'm about to about to reveal a big secret here, people. Um, I did the trial period, and after we watched episode two. I promptly canceled. And yep. guess what? They offered me a month. Hmm. Well, It's with commercials, but I have a whole month free now. So uh, this gives me up till the end of October to watch this and maybe be convinced that this is worth sticking around. Well, is, is this something that I'm willing to pay for on top of the other things? Because I, I, too, am paying for multiple subscriptions in other areas. Mm-hmm. Do I want to start, you know, even though it is only six ninety nine a month, you know, but six ninety nine a month, okay, yeah, you say that by itself, that sounds like nothing. But when you look at my entire entertainment budget, right. six ninety nine is like, you know, that's the straw that could break my back. Yeah, and I'll uh, you know, I um obviously for the rest of you, you get it on Netflix. So if you're already getting Netflix, CBS cut a deal with Netflix worldwide for distribution yeah. of the series everywhere else. So which annoys me because I have Netflix. Yeah. But I don't get it here. And, no. And that does annoy me. And if they were dropping this on iTunes a day or two later, I'd buy it there. Oh, yeah. I would have too. 
you know, at least you know, one big lump sum right there and then own the whole thing. But yeah, I took the look too. And oh no, they're not offering it. They're not going to be offering that. And I didn't watch Westworld um, when it was on HBO for that same reason. But as soon as it dropped on iTunes afterwards, I bought it mm-hmm. so that I could watch it. And my, we, well, let's, let's just do it chronologically. We watched it on CBS Sunday night. So did we. And my kids, ages 12 and 15, have never in their lives watched anything on American television live. Was this the first time ever? Ever. Wow. I don't have TV. <laughs> That's true. Well, yeah, we don't either, basically. I mean, we cut the cable, uh, cut the cord a long time ago. Long time ago. Didn't watch anything. So the only thing they've ever watched has been things on Hulu, which may have limited commercials, although I pay for the no commercials version of Hulu. Um, and occasionally when we'd watch stuff off the ITV or something, you'd see a few commercials there. But, you know, nothing like this. And they were... They were particularly James was was up in in arms about this because there were oh, twenty God. minutes the of commercials, commercials to forty minutes of TV show. Oh, the commercials were foul. They were long. He was like, "I'm never going to take any of that medicine. That's scary because they're all creepy medicine commercials and and stupid insurance commercials and and they're so long and the the acts between the breaks between them were so short. Yep. Yeah, it was like. Uh, three parts commercial to two parts. It if, felt like it at times. Story, yeah, it was ridiculous. So, you know, we, um, I subscribed to the seven day trial. I did, and because I was going to watch the the next episode, so with the limited commercials, and I watched that this morning with limited commercials, and they didn't feel that limited to me. I mean, it wasn't it 20 minutes, but it was still. No, it didn't feel that bad to me. It was 10, me watching it tonight. I mean, it, it, it didn't feel, it didn't feel awful. So I just went ahead and upped it to the no commercials version and we rewatched it this evening, the first two episodes, which, you know, are barely an hour long <clears throat> or just a little over an hour together. But I, I can guarantee you when it goes off in November, I am turning it off. And when it comes back in January, I will turn it on. And when it goes off again in February or March or whatever, I will turn it off again. I will mm-hmm. not I will not pay for this service. CBS's back catalog is not good enough. There is nothing the reason I don't have television is because there is nothing on TV that I want to watch or the numbers are so vanishingly small mm-hmm. of programs and I'm going to make a point of making a big point of it. To CBS. Oh, they're not going to. They, they, it. I don't even think that they. When you cancel the account, they. I don't think there. There's any place to comment as to why. Well, I don't need a place when I'm canceling, and I can. I'm sure I can find a way to make comments to CBS. Um, but the point is, I'm hoping a lot of people do that. I'm hoping a very, very lot of people do that. Well, you know, it, this, yeah. they have. They have made Star Trek Discovery to launch this service. Exactly. This is their just like Star Trek the Next Generation and War of the Worlds and Friday the 13th the series were that paramount block 
of it wasn't exactly a network, but it was that block of syndication that they were pushing out there with right. some of their own commercials in it. That which was, was the precursor to the whole Paramount network that right. they used Voyager to launch. Right, right, and and Star Trek has has been a, a network launcher, and that's what they're trying to do with this service. The difference is when they're done, I'm done, and you know, yeah, I'm watching old episodes of Hawaii Five O right now and enjoying them, but. I'm gonna, you know, kill it when it's when it's done, and and hope that their numbers drop off so fast that they realize that this is not a viable model. Well, what I'm kind of what I'm kind of curious about is, and uh, to, you, there are a lot of people that did not like this show. Oh, not Qu- too. quite a few. There, there. I mean, there were a lot that did, but there were quite a few that didn't. And I kept seeing you know these news stories about CBS crowing. At the record number of subscriber signups, and somebody on social media said, "Yeah, but you don't see them talking about the number of people that are dropping off after they've seen the second episode." Of course, if they're offering a, a whole month membership, or uh, or uh, yeah, a whole, a whole month free, yeah, well, of course they're going to stick around. I I but, kind of wonder but, if they should have dropped it all, like Netflix does. You mean, uh, oh, you produce the entire series and then do one massive drop? Yeah. Well, that would have been, could have been an interesting idea. Uh, we know that this series suffered enormous production delays. Oh, yeah. In fact, I just read a story that um, if, it, if season two gets the green light, that we're not looking at new episodes until maybe the early side of 2019, which means it probably won't be until 2021. Well, I certainly because won't be scribing in the in the interim, waiting for the next series. Oh, jeez, right? you know, no, I won't no. either. No, um, just no. It, it's not good enough. So, so I th- this model I don't like. I don't like this model. I don't. It's not just CBS. I don't like the model of oh well, you know, I'm not going to put my shows on your network because I want to start my own streaming service. It just. <clears throat> Well, it, I know it's it's really a lot of tit for tat, but let's let's kind of look at this from a business standpoint. Well, it makes perfect sense. Well, the part no, well, the part that bothers me, I mean, from a financial standpoint, this makes no sense. Oh, for because you and I, we, no. Well, no, 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 for them, because uh, I've seen a lot of analysts say that because of this particular model that they're using to uh, put uh, Discovery out there, that this show will be dead on arrival. Because there is no way in hell that they can actually recoup enough of the money in order to go forward with another series. And the one thing that nobody is talking about is that Netflix is the one that ponied up a lot of the money in the first place. I was going to say, Netflix would have bound to have paid them a lot of money for this. Netflix did initially, but Netflix isn't planning on doing it for the next season. This was just to get it launched. Hmm. Well, I mean, we'll have to see. Um, So there's not enough income there. And not, I mean, especially when you're talking about, okay, we, we talked about Netflix. Now, they're, they had, of course, this big catalog of other people's content that they were sharing, and that's how they managed to bolster their, their um, financial backbone. And then what did they do? They turn around with something that was kind of low risk, and that was House of Cards, taking an established, very successful – um, British series, making an American version out of it, getting a couple of good talent that uh, were willing to take the risk along with them, 
and uh, were able to create something that was not that expensive for them to crank out and gave them yet enormous returns. And that's when they were able to start turning around and start doing more and more and more, finally graduating to things like the Marvel properties, Stranger Things, Sense8. I mean, coming out with some just enormously huge blockbuster-type television shows. But Netflix did this smart. They built it upon a foundation. CBS put all their cards into this one show, which and the moment it was announced that it was going to be going behind a, a paywall, a lot of people completely balked at the idea. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I totally get it. And space opera is not cheap. No, it it's is slow, not cheap. And it's, it's expensive. Exactly. This, and especially if with something like Star Trek, if you I mean, if you want to get people to, to watch it by, com- by only airing the first episode and then creating this embargo of sorts so that nobody can see it is a terrible idea. Mm. Uh, there's got to be better ways to market this thing, especially if you really want to get people to say, you know, okay, maybe they do have something. You know, maybe make it available on a commercial-free platform. Add some special bonus material that uh, the the fans, anybody who really comes on board, might think. You know, after watching it for like five or six episodes, say, you know, I, I'm I'm really digging this now. Maybe I do want to see that kind of extra footage that they've got. Something along those lines, but just don't cut them off at the knees and say, you can't watch this anymore. That's, that, doesn't, um, that, that doesn't create a sense of uh, friendly feelings between the network and the audience. If anything, that kind of pisses a lot of people off. And it's, I mean, it, it certainly did me and it did a lot of people that I know, I mean, me even some younger people. Well, and it pissed off a lot of younger people, too. So this is not just a generational thing. There are a lot of younger people that are very unhappy with the business model that CBS is taking with this particular show. And even the younger people, while they're not big Trek fans, they understand what Star Trek means. And they get that it is a really super hot property, but for them to use it as a means to and to selfishly use it as a means to launch a pay service, albeit a cheap one, but still a pay service felt insulting to a lot of them and it makes you kind of wonder with all these things and and all all this uh with with the the financial numbers being what they are and the the number of people that are not willing to pay for a subscription to watch it i mean there a lot of people are saying you know i'll wait the year until it hits netflix then i'll binge it fine you know, people are with people saying that. That does not bode confidence for Discovery being a viable property that is on a streaming service. Not what they're going to do, though, right? What they're going to do is they're going to pirate it. Well, if they can, you know, you if they know, can get their hands on it. I mean, if they can get their hands on the torrent sites already. Oh, I'm sure they are. In fact, I got a friend who lives up in Seattle, and he did it already. He torrented it, uh, torrented uh, the hell out of it. In fact, he even gave me the link for it because, uh, although it was a really screwy link and I couldn't use it, uh, but yeah, he was he was uh, he went to a torrent site and was watching it that way. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the point remains, however, Star Trek fans will find a way. They'll find a way to get it, the but they won't pay for it. 
They're not going to pay for it, though. Well, no, but that's but the point. Th- which is the weird part because, you know, you have the only people who would be inclined, in my opinion, to pay for the service. All right. Let's, let's rephrase that. The only people that CBS can hope to get to pay for the service just for Star Trek are the Star Trek fans. Right? You're not going to get somebody who does not know Star Trek sign up for the start the service agreed. because of the Star Trek. So absolutely so is, agreed. You just yes. are looking for the people who are Star Trek fans at some level. Maybe not, maybe not hardcore going to the conventions fans, but people who would identify fans. as Star Trek fans. And um, it, but isn't that counterproductive? Because again, it's not who you're appealing who, to, right? That's exactly right. Who are these shows supposed to be made for? They're supposed to be made for the non-fans. That's how, that's been the model. I mean, even back in the day of deep, you know, the earliest years of Deep Space Nine and the later years of Next Generation, I was at a creation con here in Phoenix and there's, um, Br- uh, Brandon Braga and Ron Moore. And, you know, people were asking them about, you know, do you read what's on Usenet and on, you know, on the internet feeds about what people thinking about the show? And they said, no, nobody at the studio does because to be perfectly honest, you know, and don't take this wrong, we're not making the show for you guys. It's not meant for you. The fact that you love it is great, but we're not making it for you. And he, and that was a very bitter pill to swallow. But after talking to several marketing people, over the past several years, I've come to realize that was absolutely the truth. They're not making it for me. They're not making it for you. I mean, they hope that you and I will like it, but they're not making it for us. They're trying to lure new viewers. LCD is what they're looking for. Lowest common denominator. Right. But, but but see, here we come back to that little little quandary. You know, if they're trying to make a show – that is um, meant for the, you know, just to try and lure in e- even the most blase of fans. If that's who they're trying to lure, that's the last audience that's actually going to be willing to plunk down money to watch it. So here we've got a bit of a paradox going on here. There's this, there's something, it, the, the numbers will not add up right. It's a, it's an interesting experiment, and uh, CBS has not been known for handling the Star Trek property very well no. over the last uh, few decades. Um, and you know, we'll just have to see how it turns out. I don't think it's going to work the way they want. But, I don't either. But you know, we'll, we have to we're speculating we, you know, until. Yeah, I mean, it's still early on, and we've only had two episodes. It's uh, a lot can still happen. Yeah, if if people are unsubscribing in droves. In a month, then we'll know. Then we'll know. And yeah, I mean, it will be interesting to see what happens. Comes the end of October. I mean, I'd be fascinated to find out if they even um, ask me to, you know, stick on for another month. But then again, I'm not paying. Mm-hmm. Whether I quit or whether they give me another month free, I mean, the fact is, I'm not going to pay for this, especially when I know I'll be able to watch it next year on Netflix. So yeah, it's it's not. Um, I, I'm willing to, the reason I'm paying is because in a way I'm willing to vote with my money for the same reason that even though I don't particularly care for the JJ Abrams, Star Trek movies, I pay to go see them at a theater. I don't go see many movies. I refuse to go see most movies. I didn't see those movies because I can give them money and say, you know something, even if this is not perfect, I want you to be making, I want people to know that 
there are people who are willing to pay for Star Trek. And yeah, but so I'm willing to, do that, I, I, but I'm not I willing to I, pay for their service. And that is the point I hope to make when I'm done. I was not willing to do that after I saw the second Star Trek film. <laughs> I mean, I saw that one in the theater and then I thought, no, I am not giving you my money to see the third one. No way in hell. So, which, yeah, well, <laughs> was definitely better than the second one. But, um, uh, I, well, I finally did, but I saw it for free. It was better than the second one, but still, I mean, it left such a bad taste in my mouth that there, I wasn't about to pay to see the third one. Being that, being, you know, being what it is, um, as far as as far as this thing goes, right now, I mean, there's they're they're not giving me enough, and I know that I've said that we need to give this show time to breathe. And here again, maybe this is another problem. This is a bit of an experiment in the way that they're uh, peddling this this series by creating something that is beyond story arc i mean this is like it's a single story with chapters and you want me to to plunk down money for it on something that is this experimental not likely it's not it's not something that i want to do well but you aren't going to plunk down money if you've already seen it well not not in this what's that supposed to mean (laughs) well you know in other words you kind of have to if a storyteller says give me five bucks i'll tell you a story if you think the storyteller is going to tell you a good story and you're in the mood for a story and you have $5 in dispensable income, then you do it. But if he tells you the story first and then says, hey, pay me what you think the story is worth, you know how that goes. Hmm. 99% of the people aren't going to give him any money. <laughs> yeah, well, if a person came up to me and said, give me $5 and I'll tell you a good story, I wouldn't pay him the $5 and I'd walk off. But some people would. Uh, I suppose, but and, not me. You know, that's... That's people do that in a way all the time. They go buy a book. They haven't read the story. They pay for it before they read it. Well, that's it's, true. I'll, I'll okay, yes, yes, I will buy a book. Yeah, I, but I also get, but I also get a book from. Um, I, I always get it from a reputable source, and and I always do a little bit of the research and know what I'm getting. I don't like to buy something that is a complete and utter unknown, and. Discovery has been something of an unknown, especially when we know when, when we've learned that. Uh, I mean, all we got are these these prepackaged trailers. That's all we were given. We were given a couple of little uh, press releases here and there. I should know because we like ran them most on, TV on the TV shows. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, but you know, we ran them on a TG Geeks website, so that's how I know about this. But they refused to allow anybody to give a review. Yeah, they did do that. <clears throat> but, you know, that's... <sighs> and I know I, that some I people are saying that that's the new model, but if you're dealing with something that is this <sighs> controversial, because let's let's face it, it is controversial. I mean, this series has been steeped in controversy from the moment Brian Fuller got the dismissal. And, and actually, even before then. It's uh, because we started hearing about production delays. This series was supposed. To, this series is a year late. It yep. was supposed to air like September of last year. Must be closer to the fiftieth anniversary, which they completely blew watched. off. Yeah. So this thing has just been uh, completely buried in all kinds of controversy, and then you're going to say tell people no. In fact, not only did they say you can't review it. 
CBS said, we're not going to even allow you to watch it ahead of time to do a review. They didn't provide screeners. They did provide some screeners, but they did not allow them to post their reviews until they were... That's uh, not what I heard. I actually, read a, I actually read an article saying that CBS did not provide screeners for critics. Well, um, That's what I read that. Yeah, I, I saw someone who did a review of it that said they had received a screener. But had well, that's interesting. So that's interesting. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know what's true, but it's not. It's true that in the movie industry, if you embargo reviews, oh, that's common. That usually means you know your show sucks. Well, not necessarily. I mean, I've done. I've, I've uh, because I'm, I'm with a, a press company. I go to a lot of movie screenings, but I'm not allowed to post my review until like. Two days before the movie's a lot. Two days before the movie comes out. Now, granted, there are other uh, news agencies that they're allowed to publish their reviews. You know, weeks before mine does. I don't know why our PR company isn't allowed yeah, to I'm let, uh, release ours. The PR companies, and it's not just the PR companies; it's the studios that embargo them until after the film has opened. Well, that well, that, well, that that's now a that's sure bad. sign. It's a stinker. Oh yeah, well that's yeah. There's no guarantee. Yeah, that's that's for certain. You know, it's, yeah, it, then you got a bomb. It's always been true with the press companies that if they give people advanced screenings, part of the deal is you can't review it until a certain date because they give you time to watch it and they give you time to write it up. And right. And they give you, you know, it's like okay, we we want because they're timing their they're timing their promotion. Like, yes, we want we want the buzz to start seven days out, or right? We want exactly. The New York Times to post it twelve days out, but then we, you know, we don't want it too far out because people lose the buzz, right? Two that days is in no, that is, is true. You know, it's like, oh, I heard about it Wednesday. What are we doing Friday night? Oh, hey, let's go to a movie. So uh, that makes sense. This is so. You know, when you say, well, they had some prepackaged trailers, okay, that's all I would expect until about a week out. I wouldn't expect any reviews till a week out. The fact that about a week out, all of a sudden everybody said they've embargoed it until after it airs, that's weird. Yes. That was the weird part. But, I mean, that's only one week in its entire two-year lifespan of this show <laughs> being produced and it's but like okay it's, that's it's, just the latest in a series of weird moves that's that's just it it's the it's just one more uh chink in the armor one more weird thing to be going on that has been surrounding this series that's been just like i said it's it's been buried in weirdness <laughs> in terms of everything that's going on with its production so I just realized that we have probably uh, talked the, the production behind this thing uh, off to death uh, at the point. It, it you know it's going to depend it, how this model is going to work and whether or not CBS has just completely bollocks this up irretrievably. I like to think that it's going to be good. I see potential. I'll go with that. I see potential. I see some things that could really trip me up, but but I see some potential. I, but what, what's going now? Let, let me let me pose this. What do you think is going to happen if, say, for example, uh, you know, worst case scenario, Discovery completely tanks, Orville's a hit. I don't think Orville will be a hit, but um, and and it's that's not it's it's not doing too badly in the ratings. Yeah, I don't even know what you need in ratings anymore. Um, 
on the thing. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think we had some discussion online about it the other day. I, I detested the first episode of the Orville. The second episode of the Orville was better, but they still did enough dick jokes and, you know, 14 year old lowbrow. Well, it is Seth that, MacFarlane. Well, I, you know, grow up, Seth. Um, well, that's but, his humor. Oh, that's not funny. That's the problem for a comedy. It's funny for some people. I enjoyed it. Um, when they hit the third episode. No, the third episode was amazing. They were on stride. And if, the, I mean, apart from the uh, polymorphous organism going, hey, I got more of that where this came from. It's like, oh, you couldn't avoid the dick joke at all, could you? you no. You couldn't have gone through this episode and actually told a story and with some humor as opposed no. to it's like – it's like No, because Seth MacFarlane – that is because this is Seth MacFarlane's show and he's going to tell it the way he wants to tell it. And, you know, if he doesn't rein it in, it's not going to last long in my book. You know, they're going to have a hard time telling an amazing story every week. Maybe yeah, I've enjoyed we'll it. I'll, you know, I'll keep watching it for now because it's on my f- streaming service that I already pay for. I might just go, yeah. It's just a lot of people have been uh, speculating that should Orville actually take off? And of course, they're looking to this last episode as an example. Because uh, that that one, you know, the the weird humor aside, it had all the beats of a really good next gen episode. Uh, if if this series were to completely take off and Discovery were to completely bomb, would CBS all of a sudden turn around and say, uh, "You're you're stealing intellectual property. We're suing you," just like they attacked Axanar and the other independent Star Trek people? Okay, those were actually though saying, "Hey, this is Star Trek, and we're using well, of course actual they were. copyright Star Trek material." Yeah, um, well, but they weren't making money out of it either. But they had a case. I mean, they had a case there that they were in fact. Infringing copyright, whereas the Orville is, at worst case, a parody, which is protected, like Quark was, um, even though it clearly bears some parallels uh, uh, down to the uniforms, uh, <laughs> uh, the Discovery uniforms, practically, um, except they've got their colors right. I think we've just about run the course of this conversation. Uh, listeners, I do... Thank you for joining us with a special sidecar episode, and I hope you will join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. Cheers. Fusion Patrol is a Lone Locust production. Like us? Please consider becoming our sponsor at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. We'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review on iTunes. Stop by and visit us at our website, fusionpatrol.com. Search for us on Facebook under Fusion Patrol. Check out our Twitter handle, at Fusion Patrol, or just send us an email at feedback at FusionPatrol.com. Please come join the conversation. Our music is Fight the Future by Amberwolf.